It's the Tearbox Show. What's up, everybody? This is your host of the Tearbox Show, Eric, and welcome to another enthralling, life-changing episode of not the best show on the internet, but like. I think it's decent. I think it's the best show. <laughs> oh my god. We can make that statement here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, I'm incredibly excited to introduce today's guest. We have never met. Mm-mm. But that means I have just a ton of questions for her. So That's perfect. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce this lovely person to my right. Please, everybody give a warm, loving welcome to Umi. <laughs> It's deafening. It's deafening. The screams. Me. Hey, everyone. I'm Umi. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm doing great. Actually, I'm doing great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm so excited to a meet you. Yes. Me and too. thank you for making time out of your busy schedule to join us here. Oh, of course. On the show. Of course. Um, let's start with an explanation of what is burning to my right. In this yes. middle, we have. Palo Santo. Yes. Which can you explain to people what Palo Santo is? I I love it. I love the scent of it, yeah. and it's and on all like the colognes and perfumes and candles that I get. But it smells so good. For people who may not know, what mm. is Palo Santo, and what does it mean to you? Ooh, good question. Yeah. So Palo Santo that we have here is a sacred wood, um, and usually when it's cultivated correctly, it's cultivated after the tree has fallen. Oh. And from ancient times, it's been used to cleanse the space. It's been used in ceremony. It's been used a lot. Of, I use it a lot just to clear energy. I bring it with me to like parties these days. Now that what? we're like going out more, I like burn it in the middle of the party Seriously? when I feel some type of way. <laughs> yeah. So Palo Santo or Sage are the ones that I use. Uh-huh. Um, but that is Palo Santo for, for everyone in a nutshell. Okay, well now we have a, a crash course on Palo Santo. Let's yes. get the crash course on Umi. Smooth Let's transition. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is maybe the best show in the world. In the oh world. my <laughs> gosh. Well, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. How are you? Good. Today's been a lovely day. Yeah? Yeah, it's been really relaxing. This whole week's been really relaxing for yeah. me. I had the week off from the studio. Nice. So I've just been sleeping. That's good. And… Painting, uh-huh. frolicking in nature. That's incredible. That's all I've been doing. That's that's awesome. Um, Thank you. I guess for people, you know, for people who join the show, we yeah. kind of do a deep dive into the past, into mm. like your your upbringing and your yeah. beginnings and your origin story, and then we bring it full circle to where we are today and yeah. we're looking forward. So I want to start. Just tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Yeah. Um, where were you raised? Mm. And your family? Ooh, good questions. So I am from Seattle. Um, Seattle, Washington. Um, I grew up with me, my mom, my sisters. Uh, my parents divorced when I was really young. So mm. I kind of lived with my dad and with my mom kind of… Um, what's the word? Back and forth. Yeah. Um, which has been really cool because my my dad is black. My mom is Japanese. So I feel like I was able to like tap into both of my cultures mm-hmm. growing up. But I grew up mainly with my mom. So I speak Japanese fluently. Wow. I like, went to Japanese school. Um, and I felt 
I feel very black and very Japanese in terms of like culturally. Yeah. Um, and then since I was little, I've been doing music because my dad, he played the drums oh, in okay. the church. Okay. And my mom played the piano. She played classical piano. And so I just grew up playing an instrument. I played guitar. I played piano. I dappled in the drums a little bit. Um, and I also started writing music when I was five. Five? Really Wait, do you young. remember your first song? Yes, I do. It's called I Belong in Hollywood, believe it or oh not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a, yeah, what a Wow, what a visionary <laughs> song. What a, it's Manifesting. My mom got me this like matching two-piece uh-huh. that said I Belong in Hollywood on the back. Uh-huh. And I was just like, I belong in Hollywood. That's the, that's the melody. Oh my gosh. Um, and I got my sisters to sing with me. I used to like do little concerts at home on the bed. I yeah. got my two little sisters to sit in front of me and Doing, you know, this thing where you do the hand. You're like, uh-huh, hey, everybody. Uh-huh. I did all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I started doing music. Then I moved to LA like three and a half years ago. Mm. And I went to USC for a little bit. Uh-huh. Studying business. And, but at the same time, I was doing sessions and like kind of getting into the music world. And I wasn't really going to school. So I dropped out because I was like, I'm not even really going to school anymore. <laughs> and now I'm doing music full time, living a, a beautiful life. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so many questions. Oh, please ask. To start, how did your parents meet? Yeah, so my mom moved to Seattle when she was, how old? In her early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and she used to ride the bus to go to school. My dad's bus driver. Oh. And so they met on the bus. Wow. Yeah. That's such a fun… This is like a movie. Right? It's like a movie. It's like a cute movie. And they're both musicians. They're both and musicians. Like, they love music. My mom used to go to like R&B clubs and like… She was a heavy partier in her young days. But only like music scene. Uh-huh. And a party girl. And yeah. so she like met a lot of people through that. That's cool. So you have two younger sisters. I have two younger sisters. What are their names and how old are they? Nami and Mia, and they're 20. They're twins. They're twins. They're twins, yes. Oh, wow. And it's interesting because I feel like both of them are like two parts of me. If I was one, I got split up into two and created my two little sisters. Wow. Yeah. That's so fun. Did you guys get along growing up all the time? Nope, not at all. <laughs> we did not like each other growing up. It was brutal honestly because we would always gang up in groups of two so it's either two of them versus me me and one of them versus the other but it was usually the two of them versus me that's so that's kind of messed up kind of messed up kind of i'm the oldest i did not feel like the oldest Mm -hmm. you know i feel like i'm the oldest of three too really and i can Mm -hmm. feel that sometimes i'm like i don't i don't appreciate Mm -mm. the energy you're putting at me guys you know and sometimes that's just the way. It's just the way it is. It I'm is. learning that. Yeah. As the older sibling, you're the last to do a lot of things. Like, <laughs> I remember I got like, maybe this is a little lame, but I wanted a Facebook so bad. Yeah. Like, all my friends had Facebooks. And I had to wait till I was officially, what, like 13 to get it. My sisters got their Facebooks when they were like eight. And I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> little things like that. I mean, those little things, they add <laughs> up. Little things, they add up. But now we're like, we're like best friends. Yeah. Yeah. One of your sisters is here with us today. Yeah, she is. She's the sweetest. She looks a lot like me, I would say, of my other siblings. Um, and the other one's like taller. Um, yeah. They, it's interesting. They don't look like twins, but they're very… They have like that the telepathy energy. and the energy of okay. twins. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, what, so what was it like for you growing up in Seattle? Yeah. As like half black, half Japanese… Mm-hmm. 
Like I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. But I'm yeah. sure like growing up it could have been very confusing. Or yeah. like… Um, I feel like I'm sure you probably get asked about identity often even as well. Yeah. But like what was it like for you growing up? Just period. Yeah. Uh, in Seattle. I would say it was interesting because… Um, so preschool, mm-hmm. I went to this all Japanese school. And everyone who went there was half Japanese or fully Japanese. Oh. So it was really cool there because there's a lot of diversity. And uh-huh. it, it kind of normalized to me that you can be something and you don't have to be a hundred percent you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just yeah. like although I don't even like using that way to categorize people but from a young age it helped me to be like okay I can be half black and not look Japanese but still feel Japanese and be right. Japanese and be Asian and then elementary school middle school all through all the rest of my school I went to schools that were predominantly white and didn't really see people who looked like either sides of me yeah so it was really interesting because I was always either like the one black girl or like, oh, you're the mystery Asian girl. And it was like this weird <laughs> way people saw me. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, she's half Asian. Um, and I kind of didn't know that that was not the right thing to say to someone. So I was just like, whatever. That's just the way yeah. I get treated. That's the way yeah. people were half of something get treated. Da, 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 da. And then as I got older and I started to learn more about my identity and just like respecting other people's identity, I started to step into it more and just like stand up for myself and you know with people ask me like what are you I'm like hey that's kind of a weird question I know what you mean by it and like just being more um confident about correcting people Uh when they'll say weird things like you're like Oreo or you're like you know those comments you get like just not feeling like I needed to normalize them anymore as I've grown up um and now I feel very connected to both parts of myself. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't even I feel like I've gotten to this point where I don't feel stuck in my identity either. Mm. I just feel like I'm I'm me and I'm yeah. a very just fluid and multi dimensional person. And I, in the past where I used to be like, am I black? Am I Japanese? Right. Am I am I straight? Am I bi? Am I this? and just like questioning so many things. And yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. I'm just me. I mean I think that's incredible and I think that's it it Speaks to… It's a generational thing mm-hmm. I think partly. But also I think it's an incredible sign of maturity where you're able to kind of pull that apart and say mm. like I actually don't care. Yeah. You know? Um, because I remember for me growing up as an Asian American I always had that thing of like what am I? Yeah. Like, I remember having a discussion with my dad. I was like I'm supposed to be Korean but I don't feel Korean but I'm not, I'm not white. Yeah. Like I just don't know yeah. how to compartmentalize myself. And I think recently, like this is, and then then I like moved to Korea, and then I'm mm. like American in Korea. And yeah. It's like it's a very confusing thing. Recently, I was just like, I'm just, I don't want this to be like a bad connotation, but like a third culture kid in yeah. many ways. Like, I am who I am, and being identifying as like, I don't know and I don't care. Yeah, in and of itself is empowering mm-hmm. to me. Where it's like the the experiences that I have are unique to me yeah. and me only. And yeah. that should be the only thing that matters. Yeah. So oh, that's powerful. To but say. it took me forever to get there. Mm-hmm. So for you to have that at such a young age, I think is mm-hmm. like so cool and like Thank incredibly you. empowering and like um I, I'm sure like inspirational for a lot of people who may be going through something that yeah. that's similar. Yeah. Sorry, I just like went on forever. No, um, no. I took it all in. <laughs> Thank you. Um okay. So you grow up you have two younger siblings, your parents, everything. You guys are in Seattle. Mm. You end up at USC mm. on a scholarship, I believe, mm-hmm. which is 
incredible. Thank like you. you're also very smart, clearly. Thank you. Um, and you were studying business. How did you like start dabbling in music? Mm. And like also, why USC? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. There's a lot of questions. Um, okay, I'll start with why USC and then take it from there. Um, so I knew that if I wanted to do music and pursue it, seriously, I just had this intuitive feeling I had to move to LA. Uh-huh. But I don't have any family out here, any uh-huh. friends or any anyone out here that I knew. So I was like, I'm going to use school as my way to get here. And I'm just going to get a bunch of scholarships so I don't have to pay to go to school. So that was like my hustle mentality all through high school. I was doing so many extracurriculars. Mm. And then USC is like just locationally really close to a lot of studios. It's just a great central place to go to school. So it was a location thing that drew me to the school. Um, And they also gave me the best scholarship. So There you go. Shout out USC. Shout out USC. Um… And doing music, I used to always make music in my room. Mm-hmm. I just got a little mic like this, my computer, a little interface, and I would find tight beats and sing over them. And when I got to school, I had a similar little studio set up in my dorm. And so if you look at my earlier music, at the bottom where it says like, who is it distributed by? I'll say 408 Records because my dorm room was room number 408. Oh, really? And that's where I recorded a lot of my songs. Um, and I remember it. I have to tell the whole hallway, like, hey, everyone, I'm going to record. So, like, be quiet. And everyone knew, like, I was the recording. Like, I was the music girl in the yeah. hallway. And people were really nice about oh, it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, do you, Were you performing all the time as you grew up as well? Or, like, in school? Or was it more of, like, a bedroom? Like, I'm going to write mm. for myself in the internet? It was thing? very bedroom. Okay. Thing. I had really bad stage fright uh-huh. most of my life. Um, and I think it was a confidence thing that mm-hmm. I had to step into. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time I would go on stage, I couldn't breathe. And I felt oh, like man. I couldn't really, I couldn't sing how I could sing by myself. Uh-huh. Um, but when I moved to LA, I was like, yo, I need to get over the stage fright thing if I'm really yeah. trying to do this. So I did open mics every single week. So you forced yourself. I forced myself to get out of it um, at this place called The Pocket. I hope they bring it back. They used to have a like a live band mm. that would play any song that you, re- you really? requested. That's awesome. Even originals. They would just pick it up as you're singing. Um, yeah. Super so that's good. how I kind of got over it. Um, what, do you have like… Oh, did you ever have a moment where you're just like, oh man, I just completely botched that performance? Oh yeah. In So in high school, uh-huh. I was like, Umi, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and I did a talent show. And I was singing on the piano and I was trying to hit this high note. And in my head, I was like, oh, the high note is coming. You know, you can't think about like it, high notes. You can't. <laughs> you just have to let yeah. them come. I was thinking about it too much. So my voice cracked so crazy in front of <laughs> like 2,000 kids. And I remember thinking, I'm never freaking singing in front of anybody again. Like this is it. I, I feel <laughs> that. I feel that completely. I think that's like the one thing I realized. It's like when you're singing on stage, when you're like, I hope I don't crack. I hope I don't crack. Every time you think that… Crack. You crack. <laughs> and and so then it was a certain point where I was like, I'm just going to hit it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I can. I can do I'm it. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it. Yeah. And then when I changed my mentality to that, it changed. I don't know. That's mm. like such a weird mental thing. Yeah. But it, I think it's like very true. It's so true. You can't psych yourself out while you're on stage. But it's so natural to like overthink it. Yeah. 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 I'm, I overthink on stage all the time. So I'm just like, stop. Yeah. Just like be. It's not helping. Just be. Just be. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. But… Um, so you started writing in your dorm room. You were doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like how did you 
like obviously you're doing stuff on like SoundCloud mm-hmm. and like YouTube and like mm-hmm. is that how you ended up with like a record deal? Like how did that kind mm-hmm. of develop? I… Hmm, I, I really strongly feel that the record deal and that side of my career was a very energetic thing uh-huh. of just setting the intention. Um… Because my freshman year of high school, this is like kind of when I started getting into more of like spirituality and energy uh-huh. and stuff. I made a vision board and I wrote down who I wanted to sign me, what label I wanted to go to. And that is exactly who Seriously? signed me. And I didn't even like really force it or anything. Uh-huh. It just happened. Um, and so I feel like I set the intention and then I just kept doing music and trusting and I would get internship opportunities and did, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not working in the summer. I'm not doing this. I'm not. I just kept believing this is going to happen. Yeah. And then it just kind of happened. Oh, man. So I don't, I won't say it was like any one specific thing I physically did. I think it was more of an energetic thing and a belief uh-huh. that brought it. That's so cool. Yeah. Who, if you don't mind me asking, who, who ended up signing you and like, how did that like, was it a DM? Was it like yeah, how did that work? Um, so I'm signed under Keep Cool. Is that with Courtney? RCA. Yeah, with okay. Courtney, with Tunji. Tunji, yeah. Um, and what was interesting is I actually ended up meeting with a bunch of labels, like five or six labels. I went out to New York and did like two weeks of meetings, and I was just meeting with the heads of all these companies. Yeah. I was like, we want to sign you, we want to sign you. And you go to these meetings, and everyone kind of tells you the same thing. I'm saying my same little pitch. Yeah. And you just have to really tune into the energy energies of like who do I trust believes in me isn't gonna try to shape me into something who's gonna be here for the long run and that was how I kind of dwindled it down yeah to Tanji and the people at RCA um, and it's cool because I'm under a smaller um, imprint right. within a bigger one so for anyone interested it means like I have the resources of a big label but I have the kind of one-on-one interaction right. of like an indie label, which was my, I wouldn't say fear, but was something I was really like intentional about. It's like, I don't want to get lost in the system yeah. of artists. I want to make sure I'm focused on if I'm going to be signing away percentages of my music. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to be making that exchange, like I need something back. Yeah, And I feel like I've been getting that. I mean, and they're like Tunji and Courtney, they're so good. Yeah. At what they do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's like really cool that you ended up signing there and like, you know, releasing really great music and projects Thank you. through there. Thank um, you. It's really cool to see. Um, I want to kind of talk about like, you're clearly a very, you're very in tune mm. with the universe, I think. Thank you. Is, is what I want to say. It's like, mm. you seem very like intentional with your words, intentional with how you uh, put, your energy out into the world. Mm. Like… But I also think that doesn't come naturally to a lot Mm. of people. Mm. So for you, how did that journey kind of start? Like Mm. was there a pivotal moment or was there like a time period of your life where you're like, I feel a certain way Mm. and this is where I'm being guided to. Mm. Like how did that develop? Mm. Um… For me, it it kind of was like a one moment type thing. Uh-huh. I was on YouTube uh-huh. my my senior year of high school, and I saw a law of attraction video. It was like explaining the law of attraction, uh-huh. and I clicked on it. And the law of attraction is the principle, just like there's a law of gravity, um, that when you s- anything that is attracted to your to you in your life is a direct correlation to the energy that you are emitting, huh. and an understanding that. Reality is not just like 
this like tangible thing. It's really all energy and there's an mm. underlying current that that creates movement uh-huh. in the world, you know? So I watched that and I was like, interesting way to think about life. Uh-huh. And I just started to watch more videos and then I bought a few books and it was this gradual process of learning and integrating things one by one. So I started off by just shifting my mindset to feeling less like life was happening to me and like, okay, I can control a little bit more of what's happening, take ownership of my life. Yeah. And then I started meditating because I felt like that helped me to pause and de-stress. And then that became more of a habit. So I started doing yoga and it was like very one thing at a time. So it wasn't, I don't feel like I was born this way. It was like I kind of molded myself yeah. into this person I, I felt was more true to like my spirit, my soul, uh-huh. you know, because I feel like you have your spirit soul. Then you grow up until you're like 18, 20-ish. People kind of tell you who you are. School mm-hmm. tells you who you are. And then you go through the stage in your 20s, 30s, or you're like refining yourself. Yeah. And so that's how I got here, I think. Is, okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I feel like for a lot of people, they might be curious. Like on that, what is like your daily routine? Mm. Or like things you have to do in a week or mm. something like that. Um. So that's a really great question because I used to be a really routine, disciplined person. And uh-huh. I used to wake up and I would drink a glass of water. I would journal. I'd meditate. i do yoga. And I did that every single morning. And recently I started to realize like rigidity isn't the key to this like a spiritual connection. It's uh-huh. more about figuring out what things work for you and then doing them when they feel good, you know? So nowadays I'll wake up. I'll do yoga because I learned that stretching is important for me and I'll journal. Sometimes I'll meditate. Sometimes I won't meditate. Sometimes I'll meditate at the end of the day. Um, So I have a more fluid routine, but it does consist around stretching, journaling, and meditating. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm curious. Like you said, you mentioned that your dad played drums in the church, Mm -hmm. right? Did you grow up religious at all or was Mm it… Do you still consider yourself religious or spiritual Mm -hmm. or like… Do they go hand in hand? Like, mm. what is that to you? I I didn't grow up um, super religious. Like, I went to church every few Sundays. Mm-hmm. And my mom practiced Buddhism. But mm. I feel really lucky because my parents always told me since I was young that I can create my own beliefs. Uh-huh. These are the things that we believe. And uh-huh. we want to show you them, but you don't have to stick uh, to them. Yeah. Um, so… I grew up religious kind of, but never felt like that was a part of my identity necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I would consider myself to be a spiritual person. Yeah. And spiritual to me just means um, like a belief in the energy of life. Mm. And a belief in like a higher power. But it, I don't think it's a human being or a human form or a male or a female. It's just like there is there are other energies that apart from the human the human energy that yeah. is controlling earth angels spirit guides ancestors you know so it's kind of like a uh, melding together of different religious beliefs okay. and um ideas and philosophies people have that's cool that's yeah. can totally feel that um i took a class in college and it was about how christianity judaism and buddhism can like intersect mm-hmm. and and create and inform like a better understanding of like a religious belief that is like right for you. And I was like, oh, that is interesting. Like yeah. there are different parts of everyone 
that like allow that inform and allow you to better explore whichever your oh, that's, religion is. You worded that really well. I think because every religion has the same underlying principles of like higher power of love as a frequency to emit, um, like faith, you know. But there's like different stories mm-hmm. that tell the same thing. So I think yeah, it's just important not to get too rigidly yeah into one. But like you said. The more you learn about them, the more you can meld them together. Yeah. Create yeah. what feels real for you. Because I'm like, what is real? I don't know. It's more about what feels good and what's yeah. not hurting other people or hurting yourself. Yeah. I mean, on the back of that, like, you know, how does all of this affect your music mm. and your songwriting? Because now we, I feel like I have an understanding of your, yourself at, a, at the core. Mm-hmm. Of who you are as a mm-hmm. person. What you believe in. What mm. you want to put out into the world. Mm. How does that inform your songs, your musicality, your lyrics, the stories that you tell? Yeah. Um, I would say… I, I feel like having like a grounded spiritual practice helps me to stay creative. Because I think creativity comes from within me. But also comes from outside of me. Mm-hmm. Into me. Yeah. Like it's other people's experiences. The energy of the world. You know, other spirits like channeling different messages through me. So yeah. it's important for me… To stay clear. And by staying clear, I mean like being aware of like what traumas I've gone through. What kind of narratives I'm replaying in my head that are Mm -hmm. stopping me from being present. Um, Am I spending too much time on social media? And is that clouding my connection to myself? And just taking moments to like be like what is here, what is now. And then creating from that space is Mm -hmm. important for me. Mm -hmm. Um. And then I think it's probably an experience you share as well. But like as an artist, you jump from studio to studio, place to place yeah. a lot. And so having like my Palo Santo or I usually take my crystals and my candles with me to these different studios allows me to create like my creative home uh-huh. anywhere Something I that go. that makes you feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. At yeah. ease. Okay. Exactly. That's cool. I mean, let's, let's talk about some of your music. And yeah. Like some of… I mean, do you have like… What's the most personal song that you consider for yourself? Like one that mm. you're like, man, this like really… It hit at the right time. Or like this is a story that I needed to get out into the yeah. world. Is there one in particular that really s- sticks? I mean obviously there's so many. It's, it's like yeah. asking you to pick a favorite child. Exactly. But, but I also know what you mean. I feel like the f- the first one that came to mind is the song I have called Butterfly. Mm. Um, because I wrote that song when I was at USC… And I was really confused about whether I should keep doing music or if I should do some business things or like do what everyone else was doing. And because music wasn't necessarily like moving for me yet. It was like in that patience, self-belief phase. So I wrote that song kind of questioning like, hmm, is this what's right for me? There's these people I want to make proud, but I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like… It's a very personal song to mm. me. And every time I hear it, I remember that time in my life. And I also know a lot of people experience that feeling as well. So that song is dear to my heart. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. I mean, a question off that is your parents, were they always supportive? Mm. Was your ecosystem always supportive mm-hmm. of you pursuing music? Because I know a lot of people… Sometimes they have like great parents who are like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Other people are just like great parents who are like, don't do that. Yeah. You know? what, what were your parents like? My parents were very do whatever you want. Uh-huh. Do what makes you happy type people. 
Um, and I think that was really important for me in doing what I do. And I had a lot of friends in school who are also like, do what you want, do uh-huh. what makes you happy. I think it's kind of the LA vibe too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow your dreams. But it's interesting because my extended family, like my grandmas, are not so supportive. <laughs> Especially my grandma on my Japanese side uh-huh. is like not the most supportive. Yeah. She doesn't really get it, but she's kind of like, do it, like do what makes you happy, but I don't get it. A lot of like, is it secure? Are you gonna make money? Like yeah. those kind of like questions I get a lot from her, but my mom and my dad are very supportive. Okay, that's great. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, your your grandma on your Japanese is she in the states or is she in Japan? She's in Japan. Do you guys talk regularly? Or mm-hmm. that's really cool. I mean, yeah. um, and also because you speak Japanese fluently, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Yeah, really happy that my mom put that in me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you been to Japan pretty often or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to every year in elementary school every summer. And then I stopped in high school and I went back t- two years ago and the year before that. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. I really want to go back. I I think, so my parents immigrated in the 80s. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were all in Korea. But like when I grew up, there was like no connection. Hmm. Just because it was a distance thing. It's yeah. like a phone's expensive. Yeah. Like everything. So uh, whenever I, I hear of a friend or like a, somebody that like, oh, I'm like really close to grandparents. Like, oh man. I wonder what it would have been like. Because yeah. my my parents were also… My dad's like the youngest of seven or eight. Hmm. So they were like… My aunt, oldest aunt and my dad are 18 years apart. Hmm. So there's like a natural age gap where mm-hmm. it was like we never really got to be close. But yeah. whenever I hear like I'm really close to family whatever. I'm like, oh that's really, like, really cool. That yeah. You're able to share that. Um, that's a great point. Let's talk about your most recent like album and your yeah. project. Like what… Um, was there like an overall message or like something that you wanted to imbue in your music? and Because you're also very intentional with the visuals. Yeah. Like every piece of the art. Yeah. Thank um, you. What were you trying to really get across and out into the world in these like, last projects? Yeah. So the last project was my introspection. Like two-part introspection EPs. And I started off with like a studio EP that I dropped last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that song, that project, I just wanted to showcase kind of all the different styles of music I've been tapping into. Whether it was like rappier type vibe or slower R&B sound. Um, poppier stuff. That was introspection. And then over the pandemic, I was listening to a lot of like D'Angelo, Erykah Badu, just more music with live instruments. Uh-huh. And I was like, I just really want to try making a project with all live instrumentation recorded live top to bottom. So I made the introspection reimagined project, which like I said, is all every sound you hear is made from a human being, which yeah. I think is really interesting. Um, and when you hear it, you're hearing the essence of that moment. There's no editing. There's It's like what we sang and what we played there is what you hear. Um, and my my intention for both was more of an energy thing. I just mm. wanted people to feel something. Feel yeah. me from it. Feel my voice more from it. Um, and it's kind of set me up for my album that I'm dropping next. Ooh, when is uh, that coming? Next spring-ish. Okay. But I'm finishing my album right now. I have all the okay. songs. and But I'm I'm learning I want to take my time. Yeah. With this next one. I don't feel like… I feel like 
I don't want to say I've rushed in the past, but I've set deadlines for myself and it's pressure on me. And I'm like, why am I making something that's fun, not fun for me? Yeah. I'm going to take my time with this one. That's great. I feel like I'm rushing mm. and it's stressing me out. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel you. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I want to get to a point where I can do what you're doing, where it's mm. just like, I'm going to just do my thing. Yeah. And if it comes together, it comes together. But um, yeah, I, I think that's an incredible luxury in the t- in in the world of music. Yeah, that I'm so jealous that you can take right mm. now. But it's also incredible that you've gotten yourself to a point where you can do that. Yeah, I've, I feel like there's a time and place for each yeah. type of creativity yeah. and each project. Like some projects, you just want to boom, yeah. get in there, let's go, let's go. And those were that was the introspection projects for me, and that was required for that music to happen. So yeah, maybe the next next yeah. project will be more that. Yeah. For you. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um, no, I, I feel like such depth in and intentionality from your music. Where mm. I like because I've been I've been listening to your music for years and I was like, oh man, I'd love to like work with Uzi sometime mm. in the future. But it was like to the point where I was like, but she's like so deep. I don't I like <laughs> I I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like I need to get myself to a place where like musically and also like in my life, I feel mm. balanced enough to be like, hello, Umi, would you like <laughs> to work together on something? Oh my gosh, what an um, honor. So when, when I heard you were going to come on the show, I was like, this is like such a great way to just like say hi. Yes. And just, you know, and like get to know you and like um, try to understand you better. But yeah. um, that's, I feel like I'm getting a very like bird's eye, but also oddly deep way of understanding like how you think yeah. and process the world, which is like super cool. Um, you know, you have so so many different messages in your music and mm. um, even on like social media. Like mm. I feel like you're always doing like a… There's like a meditation or mm. there's like an affirmation or there's like just mm. great vibes that you're putting out into the world. But have you seen anything where it's like fans dive into something and they're like making up like fan stories or like mm. conspiracy theories or like explanations to things and you're like, that's not the intention at all. Or like, mm. or like anything you want to debunk. Anything to debunk. Well, I feel like a lot of people may, may not, may have this perception of me kind of like always having it together and like always being very deep or always being very like in the spiritual world. But in reality, they're like waves and they come and go. And sometimes I'm just like off balance and I feel sad and I don't feel like doing anything. And I like… I guess I just… I'm not perfect, I guess. And I feel you probably… Feel that same image sometimes mm-hmm. can be placed, and I just want people to know you don't have to be perfect to be worthy of like things you desire, to be worthy of your dreams, or to like do something. Like you don't have to wait to be perfect to do anything. Yeah. I didn't wait to be perfect, and I'm not waiting to be perfect to share who I am. So I think that's one thing. I think that's a great, great point. I think like especially when I look at like other musicians or like up and coming musicians or. Mm. People who just want to do anything. It's like, mm-hmm. but it's not perfect. It's like, nothing will ever be perfect. Just it put it out there. It will ever be perfect. Just yeah. do it. And yeah. like, you learn from that. Exactly. And you build from that. Yeah. And that's what allows you to not even be perfect, but just get to a point where you feel somewhat satisfied yeah. with what you're doing. That's so true. And I always, I like to make comparisons to nature. And I think of like, no leaf is perfect. No tree is perfect. But mm-hmm. it still grows and it still does its thing. And yeah. we are reflections of nature. So by nature, nothing we do will be perfect. And that is perfect. Yeah. You know? That's You're perfectly imperfect. imperfect. Yes. 
exactly. We're vibing today. We are vibing. We're gonna get matching tattoos. I say perfectly, <laughs> perfectly <and> per- perfect <laughs> right here. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Um, okay, so I have a bunch of questions from fans. Actually, ooh yes. Uh, we actually talked about this already. So, mm-hmm. but it was like, oh, actually not this one. It's from Bok Choy. What is your ideal morning? Mm, your perfect my morning. Perfect morning. Yeah. My perfect morning is I wake up. What time? I don't even care these days anymore. Whatever time I wake okay. up, I feel well rested. Um, you know what? Actually, I do like an early morning. So let's say I wake up around seven, but I've slept really well. I've slept a full eight hours. And I the sun is coming through the window. I hear birds. Um, I feel great. I have a glass of water next to me. I drink a glass of water. Um, I By go the way, outside. listeners, she's like moving. She's like acting this out <laughs> as she's doing it. I'm feeling it. She's feeling it. I'm so in it. So I drink my glass of water. I open the window. I feel the wind. I hear the birds. And then I do my little morning things. Brush my teeth. Make my bed. Um, there's a smoothie waiting for me Ooh, to drink. What's in the smoothie? Oh, I love oranges in the morning and like berries. So it's like a berry orange type smoothie. And then I also have a ginger shot because I've been so into ginger shots. So my mom maybe made me a ginger shot. And I go do some yoga. My friends are there. So we all do yoga together. Group yoga? Group yoga. Are there goats involved or no? Maybe. Okay. All right. Goat yoga. Goat yoga because we love animals. Um, My friends are there. We're doing yoga. We all journal together. We sing together. We have some sound bowls. And then we all go to the beach afterwards. What a day. What a day. That's not what a even morning. a morning. That's a full that's day a for full, me. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I like to live. Um, all right. This is from Emmy Haydell. Mm. Have you ever had to fight loneliness? Mm. And if so, how did you get to a point you're at spiritually to be like, be by yourself? Mm. I definitely did. Especially last year because I lived alone. Um during quarantine and I spent a lot of time with myself. But I think that I… What I realized is I'm alone but I'm not alone because there's nature. There's trees. There's my plants. Um, There's just… I realized that hmm, there's subtle energies around me that don't make me feel alone all the time in places where I would isolate myself from the world. Um, and then also on another tip, I think my discomfort from being alone oftentimes came because my mind would spin and I felt like I couldn't escape from my thoughts. So I took a lot of last year to process and heal from a lot of things that I've gone Mm. through. So nowadays when I'm alone, like I'm pretty empty minded. Like I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) nothing really I'm thinking about Uh versus before it'd be like, what about this? What about that? You got to get this done. You got to do that. And so I've just learned to quiet my mind. And so I'm like more peaceful by myself. Um, Yeah. And and I think the the last thing I want to add to that is understanding why it's important Mm -hmm. to be alone. Because I just like, I don't get why I should be alone. And I realize it's good for recharging. It's good to hear your intuition and hear your spirit speak to you and things like that. So I find more value in that time. Yeah. That's awesome. I I feel I feel like exactly the same. I love being alone. Mm. I love just like I long for the days where I could just spend days by myself mm. because it's a it's a moment for me to just like get in tune with my body. And my yeah. Mind. And people are like, 
but you're so don't you get lonely i'm like no no like if you are accepting who you are and you're like learning to be okay with being mm-hmm. by yourself in your truest form which is alone yeah. to me like i think then you are getting to a great like mental health spot yeah it's kind of how i've picked up on it i think so too and then one thing i've also been learning is I've been finding more people who I can be around where I can be alone and be with them at the same Uh time. Like people who you can completely be doing your own things, but still be in the company of them. And I think that's like how I want to transition into is like after spending a lot of time alone, coming to peace with that, being able to mm, protect my energy and not take in people even when I'm around Uh people, Uh if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a great, ideal situation mm-hmm. to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Manifesting that. Um, all right. This is from Bunch of Friends. How would you describe your music in your own words? Mm, I would describe my music as frequency. It's like… Um, it's fluid. It's It flows. Um, and it's evolving. Okay. Yeah. Fluid, flows, and evolving. Yeah. All right, this is from Marvin Eunice. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I have a question. Your song, Remember Me, holds so much meaning. It is my absolute favorite. I'm curious to know if your songs are inspired by real events in your life or if you write from the point of view of a character. Love you, Umi. Thank you for that question. Um, It's a mixture of things. I will sometimes write from experiences. Remember Me um, was written from the perspective… Well, actually, Remember Me was written about my friend who's going through a heartbreak. And uh-huh. I was like channeling her experience through mm-hmm. me. Um, lately, I've also been writing songs about completely fictitious characters. Like uh-huh. I recently wrote a song about a woman who lives in the countryside. Uh-huh. And she has this cowgirl. They're, they're in a little like thing together. And the cowgirl keeps leaving her. So she's really sad because she has to hold down the house all the time. And so I wrote a song about that. So it's like… <laughs> it changes. That is such… Like that's like Marvel Universe yeah. stuff right now. Like so many layers to that. Yo, so many. <laughs> um, is that is that out yet? Or is that on your, your new project for your album? Or like… It's more of a new project. Okay. Yeah. But this new album I've been like really dabbling in different yeah. characters. How do like… How do you start with that character thing? Like what, Like that was such a specific character. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sure she has… Does she have a name? Like I want to name her. Yes. Her name is Annabelle. Annabelle. Okay. I was thinking more of a Janine. But like… You know. Like Annabelle works too. Janine works too. I mean… I'm not trying to like take your character. Not at all. I just… I have a character (laughs) in the countryside. Her her name is Janine. But yeah. Like that's so specific. Like Mm. how did you… Do you have like a moment where you're just like laying there or like in the studio like… Oh what am I going to write about? And then you flesh it out like that? Yeah. It just… Sometimes (laughs) it just comes to me. I'm a very like dreamy person. Uh-huh. So I when that came to mind, I was just kind of closing my eyes listening to the beat and I saw this like dream of this cowgirl and I was like, I'm going to write it about that. And I kind of felt like it was a message for me to write uh-huh. it about that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And like in writing about that, I was kind of writing about like heartbreak and kind of isolation and yeah. I could tap into these themes that yeah. like in the moment I wasn't feeling, but through the character I could fully feel. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, I think that's great. I think that's like one misconception that I think a lot of listeners have where there's like, what life moment is about? I was like, I, we should be able to write about anything. Anything, yeah. Anything. Like, it doesn't make it that emotion any less raw Mm-mm. or real or Mm-mm. true. It's just we're borrowing from 
other people's yeah. experiences to like make something that rings true to everybody else. I think so well. too. Mm-hmm. Um, super cool. Well, I look forward to hearing Annabelle's song. I look forward to sharing it with the world as well. <laughs> uh, okay, this is from uh, Wing.mp4. What is the weirdest or funniest question you've been asked in an interview? Weirdest or funniest question I've been asked? Hmm. I feel like I have yet to get to the weird questions. People have been asking me like real deep stuff. Okay, these well, we're going to go real shallow now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was get a little shallow. <laughs> um, okay, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, yeah, I believe in ghosts. Have you seen a ghost? I haven't seen them. I felt them. Where? How? Explain, please. So I was in Mexico last year Uh and I was on… Later I found out this this land used to be like tribal land. Uh. So there's definitely a lot of like people had passed on the land. And not a lot of people have been on the land for a while. So I was the first one in like a few months who've been there. And it was a full moon. I went out to go look at the ocean and it was like the sun was setting and I was like, okay, I should go back. Now it's getting dark. And I remember walking back saying, it'd be so funny if I saw some spirits here. Then all of a sudden, these two shadows <laughs> whoop, appear in front of me. And Shut up. I just start running. I run and then I feel one brush against the side of me and like half my body goes numb. No. And so I take my Palo Santo. I like Palo Santo myself. I like breathe the spirit out. Uh, and then later that night, my friend, she wakes up in the middle of the night. She's like, I feel like something's like in me right now. I feel like something's like trying to cry through me or something. And she starts crying out of nowhere. She's like, I'm not crying for myself. I'm crying for something else. So I take my sage and I pile Santo. I like, you know, sage her up. I'm like, spirit, may you pass. And then I see the shadow go up through no, the ceiling. No, stop. And then she stops crying. And the room stills. And I, I will say, like, I wasn't scared. Scared because I could feel the spirits weren't scary. But I think spirits know when you you can see them and feel them. And they get really excited. And sometimes they'll like come to well, you. Well, you also invited them. I definitely invited you them. You were just like, yo, spirits, what's, what's up? Where you at? Exactly. Okay, attack me. Come <laughs> to me. So nowadays, I no longer like… I don't welcome… Not that I don't welcome them. But I always say like, I don't want to see you right now. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to feel you right now. They don't yeah. touch me unless I welcome them. Yeah. That's what I learned from that. Oh my gosh. Don't just let them in because they'll come in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, the other thing that's like… I'm not trying to make light of like a a demon (laughs) possession right now. But like… What? Like what? And also the fact that you had Palo Santo with you as you're running… What I'm imagining (laughs) as you told the story is like you're running in the desert by yourself. And then you're like… Spirits, Palo Santo, like Power Rangers, let's go. Like <laughs> it was like that energy though. Oh yeah. my gosh. I carry it with me everywhere. You never know. You never know. I, I, it's gonna become my thing. I'm yeah. gonna borrow that from Yo, you. Yo, I'll I'll give it to you. Thank you. It's my gift. Thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> but oh wow. So that's one of I always love asking that question because people are like, I don't I've never seen one. Or or I get one like oh, we were in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Oh, I haven't had an experience like that since, and I don't know if I ever will. Mm. I, I don't think I need another one. Like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I yeah. Let's pass on that. Let's pass on that one. Let's pass on that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. So we have like a lightning round for you, mm. just in case we missed anything. We have some lighter Q and A things. Cute. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. Very serious questions. Here we go. It's lunchtime. What are you eating? 
I like smoothies, so I would do smoothie. Okay, smoothie. What's in it? Is it blueberry orange? Yes. All righty. Butterfly or breathe? <gasps> Butterfly. Ooh. First celebrity crush. Ooh. This is Kid on Barney that I really liked. Barney? <laughs> yeah, when I was like four. <laughs> that was my first celebrity crush. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, explain this character on Barney or this person on Barney. I don't know. I just thought he was really cute. What did so he look like, like? What was he wearing? Like maybe somebody out there was like, I had the same I, Barney crush. <laughs> like… I don't remember because he was on a lot of episodes. He wore a lot of different clothes. Uh-huh. I don't remember anything about what he looked like. I just remember I had a crush on him. Okay. And then I would say after that… I really haven't had celebrity crushes after that. Which is interesting. I also think it's incredible that like most celebrities… If you're like, what, who's your celebrity crush? It's like, oh like Iron Man or like… I don't know. You're like this kid who's a <laughs> cast character on Barney. Barney. <laughs> like what? I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> all right. All right. Favorite lyric of all time. Oh, mm, favorite lyric of all time. Janae Aiko in the song called Eternal Sunshine, she says, um, Is it strange for me to say that if I was to die today, there's nothing. I have to sing it. Is it strange for me to say that if I was to die today, there's not a thing that I would change. I lived well. Wow. It's really beautiful. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. Very deep. deep. (laughs) Man, I hope we all get to that place. Truly. (laughs) Um, Quick, tell us three self-affirmations. I am loved. I am worthy. Mm. Oh, this third one. There's so many. I am loved. I'm worthy. I'm in the right place at the right time. There you go. Poetry slam or sound bath sesh? So, sound bath sesh. Sound bath. I've never done a sound bath. How is it like? So wonderful. Okay, I'm gonna have to. You are gonna love it. I'm gonna have to ask you for some recs. I would love to. Okay. <laughs> Skydiving or bungee jumping? Skydiving. Ooh. I agree. Yeah. I'm Are not you, trying to bounce around. I want bro, once, no, one, and done. Like, just get me down. <laughs> just get me down. Yeah. Passenger or driver? Passenger. Okay. I want to take pictures. Okay. Good. Art and history or space and science museum? <gasps> oh, I love them both. Right now, I'm in an art and history movie. All righty. Clean as you cook or clean up at the end? Clean as I cook. Clean as you cook. Good question. Right. Something that is always on your grocery list. Dates. Dates? <laughs> I love dates. I love your answers. They're so <laughs> random. Like most people don't even know what dates are. People are like, you going on a date at the yeah. grocery store? <laughs> no. Dates. dates. How do we explain what a date they're is? Like a, they're in the raisin family but they're bigger and they're sweeter. Yeah. They're so good. They're like my they're, always to go snack. And they have like a little seed in they the middle. Yeah. I have dates in my car right now. So you, good. You're like a walking health grocery store. <laughs> And I love it. Thank you. I love it. Um, okay. Dream collab. Oh, me and SZA. Or me and Frank Ocean. Ooh. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. How about all three of you in one? That is it. That's there you the go. one. There it's you go. Happen. You have five seconds to tell SZA something. What do you say? Oh, SZA, you are an inspiration to so many. Done. Okay. You know what? That's it. I'm good. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I love I'll give that. you 15 seconds. Anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, adding on to that, Sisa, I just want to say I'm inspired by your authenticity and your honesty in your lyrics. Thank you for being you. There you go. Sorry I cut off that beautiful letter to you, Sisa. <laughs> I got um, 
Alrighty. And that's like pretty much all I have for you today. Oh, that was like, great. Thank you for coming on. Thank you thank for Thank you having for being me. you. Mm. And for sharing so many great, great stories. Like mm. what can people look forward to coming up? Anything to plug? Anything to share with the world? Yes. Um, I would say I have my album that's coming out next year. So just follow me on on my socials at who is Umi to just stay updated with that. If you go to my Instagram, I also have this text group where I send out affirmations, mm. meditations, sound bath videos, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're interested in tapping in, you can sign up on my Instagram page. Um, and yes, I'm sending you love. So much love. So mm, much so love. much love. Um, all right. Well, how was how was this show for you? This show Be was honest. Great. You ask, lay it on me. I'm laying it all on <laughs> you. You ask really great questions. I really appreciate the research that you did coming into it. I feel like you asked questions that people haven't asked me yet, which is really, really like great to to be in. And everyone here is just a vibe, and the whole place is a vibe. Thank so, you. thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Shout out to our staff and our team yes, for, great staff. for helping us pull this all together. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, if you guys enjoyed the show, you guys can of course follow us and subscribe to us on mm-hmm. all the channels. We are on all the channels. You mm-hmm. know we are. So mm-hmm. it is the Dive Studios and Tebak show. Um, what else? Please be sure to check out Umi's music and all the projects. She has like really cool visuals on everything yes, too, by check the way. Them out on so not just the music, but the visuals are really cool as well. Um, we have some Amazing guests that are coming oh, yeah. on the show. They just keep coming. They keep coming. Just keep coming. Keep coming. So be sure to stay in tune with us. And you can get our amazing life-changing merch and gear at shop.divestudios.io. I hope you guys have an incredible week, yes, day, night, morning. Whatever you are. Whatever you're going mm-hmm. through. We're sending you some good vibes. And to add on to that good vibes. And to, to leave us on a high note. We're going to ask Umi here to please improvise mm-hmm. an outro jingle for us for the Tebuk Ooh. Show. Goodbye everyone. Have a good day, night, evening, morning. We're sending you love. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you next week on the Tabak Show. (laughs) Bye-bye. Outro. Thank you for listening to K-Pop Tabak with Eric Knopf.